Greetings and welcome to the NASPO Pulse podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Miner. In this special series, we're talking to the 2021 NASPO Board of Directors President-Elect Candidates. We will feature the candidates over two episodes and will prompt each candidate with the same six questions. Each candidate will have exactly two minutes to respond to each question. Our first episode will feature Bob Gleason, Chief Procurement Officer for the State of Maryland, and Peter Korolik, Deputy Director for Government Support Services in the Office of Management and Budget for the State of Delaware. Bob, thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Bob, can you give us your professional title and the state that you work in? So, I'm in the state of Maryland, and my official title is Chief Procurement Officer. Please tell the listeners about your cooperative contracting experience, including state-specific cooperatives. Certainly. Uh, So, my experience spans two states, Commonwealth of Virginia and the state of Maryland. Uh, I have been the chief procurement officer for both states, and the contracts that we develop are inherently uh, cooperative. Uh, They are multi-jurisdictional and open to local governments and higher education to use. In the state of Maryland, uh, I also work with several other cooperative uh, contracting groups here within the state. Uh, The Baltimore Regional Cooperative Purchasing Committee, or what we call here BRICPAC, which is a bunch of jurisdictions around Baltimore. Uh, The Maryland Municipal League, which uh, worked with AMIA. Uh, The Maryland Educational Enterprise uh, Cooperative. And the Metropolitan uh, Washington Council of Government, or the Council of Government, which is a cog. And then, of course, Value Point. Uh, we use Value Point contracts. So that's been my experience working with uh, cooperative contracts, all of which have a very uh, vital role to play in what we do. Please tell the listeners about your leadership experience. My leadership experience has been pretty much professionally my entire life. Uh, I've been a chief procurement officer for 13 years. Uh, I was uh, seven years as a chief procurement officer for two states, uh, three years in Virginia, sorry, uh, four years in Virginia, three years in Maryland. Uh, Before that, I was a chief procurement officer for um, an agency, the Department of General Services, where I was responsible for uh, procurements for the state consolidated laboratory, real estate, state fleet, uh, and a variety of other services. I did contracts for the Office of the Inspector General, also the uh, Minority Business uh, Affairs Agency, um, and the State Board of Elections. So my leadership experience has been in the military um, and as a contracting officer. I think every procurement officer is inherently a leader. Um, I think some of my experience was also valuable in the private sector where I was in sales. So understanding uh, sales, which is something that is not often done in procurement, has been very, very beneficial to make sure that uh, we can sell the value of procurement to our stakeholders. Please tell the listeners about your procurement experience. So my procurement experience actually started in the private sector. Uh, after I left the military, I worked for a uh, international non-governmental organization in 23 countries around the world. Uh, That was very valuable. I did real estate, facilities, professional services, all goods and services. Um, I did that for seven years, and then I did 24 years public procurement experience, starting with the 
state of Virginia. I uh, started out as a uh, procurement auditor, had a chance to go around the state, work with institutions of higher education, uh, executive branch agencies, and also worked with local governments to uh, review for compliance uh, their procurement operations, but also to understand and collect best practices, which we then shared at the uh, Office of State Procurement uh, for the benefit of other state agencies. Um, I started out in 1996. Um, I then uh, progressed to the, uh, I was a procurement review manager. Then I went to work for the CIO and the Information Technology Agency, where I was a statewide contracts manager. Then I went back to DGS to become a uh, procurement, uh, chief procurement officer for the agency. And then I was recruited to uh, become the chief procurement officer for the state. Beyond that, in 2017, I left the Commonwealth to come here to Maryland for a wholesale transformation where it was people, processes, and technology. We reformed the state procurement workforce, created a new e-procurement system. We um, developed a new procurement training academy, um, developed a new procurement manual, new procurement website, and uh, it was a top-to-bottom, stem-to-stern transformation wholesale. Please tell the listeners about your board governance understanding and experience. So my board governance understanding experience spans uh, pretty much the entire time that I've been a chief procurement officer in the two states that I've served. Um, I started out in 2016 uh, with the Southern region. Uh, I was actually on the uh, NASPO Value Point board for a year. Um, I was uh, then at, I, uh, I served on the NASPO board in uh, 2016 uh, on and have continued since then. Um, in addition to that, uh, I've worked with the local procurement associations with their boards, although not having been on their board, but uh, worked with their boards, the local government boards, uh, to set direction, tone, policy in working with the state procurement office which I think is the core, core role of what the board is to set the tone, establish policy, and make sure that the, uh, uh, the direction of the organization uh, is, uh, is true to its mission. Um, I've also worked with the uh, Universal Public Procurement Certification Council, UPPCC, uh, for the last uh, five years uh, as a vice chair, working for the chairperson, Kathleen Moretti, from the city of Airdrie in uh, Alberta, uh, which is the governing board for the uh, certification council for the CPPO and CPPB certification. So I think I've got some experience working with the board. Since NASPO and ValuePoint merged late last year, it's important to hear from our president-elect candidates about their position on ValuePoint and its connection to the larger organization. Please tell the listeners about your NASPO ValuePoint experience including your vision for the future of ValuePoint. So I think I mentioned earlier that I was on the NASPO ValuePoint uh, board uh, as part of the Southern region. Um, and so I think that uh, we also had several contracts that we led and participated on with the Commonwealth of Virginia. I think the state of Maryland is not yet at uh, uh, quite the state of maturity to, uh, to lead a sourcing event, but on the other hand, we have participated in several. I think uh, ValuePoint is integral to the core 
of what NASPO is able to accomplish as an association. It, uh, it represents the procurement practitioner's mission, which is to create contracts that are cooperatively and collaboratively established for the benefit of the public body. Um, if you think of it, uh, ValuePoint represents um, the uh, essence of public procurement in, able, in its ability to leverage the greatest value to deliver to our public bodies. I think of it sometimes too, if, if you recall uh, the Amazon flywheel that Bezos created years ago, value point to me is, is part of the, uh, the flywheel that sets the pace for our programs, our research, our innovation, our training, procurement university, and our ability to provide all the benefits. I could not honestly have done much of what I have done here without the benefit of NASPO. And frankly, it's value point that was the core of what provided me the ability to do what I've done. In a few words, please tell us about your future vision of the organization. In a few words. Well, that's kind of hard to do, but vision is about a few words, but let me expand on it. So um, I think it was Yogi Berra who said, you know, you can observe a lot by watching, right? So over the past six, seven years, I've watched a lot. And I would also add listening to that. Uh, because of the benefit of NASPO, I've been able to work with the Canadians, uh, the UPPCC, other states, and all of my colleagues. But frankly, um, I think my vision is twofold. First of all, uh, to look inwardly, uh, to look at what we're doing and how we're doing it, to make sure that what we're doing is effective and that we're doing it efficiently. So that's programs, research, innovation, procurement, you, how we do our business, and I think that that's critical. So looking inwardly to make sure that that's all going well. And then secondly, I want to look outwardly. Um, looking outwardly as an association, we are a business. We have to be run as a business. And uh, to do that efficiently and to make sure that we're delivering value to our stakeholders. I've had the opportunity to work with the World Bank. I've sat around in a room with eight countries in South Asia. And it's just like sitting in a room with uh, several of our states. We talk about the same things. I think NASPO can deliver value on a much broader scale than maybe what we've ever thought about before in the past. And maybe we reach out, work with the World Bank, work with the Canadians, work with the UN, I don't know. But certainly we look outwardly, identify our stakeholders, and we try to work to, to make sure that <clears throat> the capability of what we do uh, through ValuePoint and through the programs and services that we offer, uh, can deliver the greatest value for our procurement profession. Bob, thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Uh, I hope I met your expectations. Peter, how are you, sir? Kevin, very well. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is uh, just reiteration for Kevin. Peter Korolek from the state of Delaware, Deputy Director of Government Sports Services. Thanks, Peter. Please tell the listeners about your cooperative contracting experience, including state-specific cooperatives. So, um, as I answered on the online um, questionnaire, our ex my individual experience is fairly limited with leading cooperatives. However, uh, as a board member and as a regular participant in MVP uh, cooperative contracts, uh, it, our experience is quite extensive. 
And we don't limit our experience to just MVP, but also other national cooperatives. And we also use State of Delaware contracts and allow others to participate uh, with us um, and join the cooperative from a cooperative perspective and make utilization of it to, to realize the savings and aggregation of uh, spend under those uh, vehicles. So that and the fact that we also promote our team to participate as user group participants and uh, provide as uh, subject matter experts, um, that I think rounds out uh, some of my particular experience uh, for this uh, question. Please tell the listeners about your leadership experience. Thank you, Kevin. So in this, in this particular position, I have been five years as Deputy Director of Government Support Services, which serves not only as the state's central procurement arm, um, but also is responsible for centralized fleet operations, surplus operations, mail operations, printing and publishing, messenger services, and food distribution. In addition to this, I have spent four plus years on the uh, NASPO Board of Directors, as well as served uh, as chair and vice chair of the of the Eastern Region and chaired and vice chaired uh, numerous committees, including participating on the um, practical guide rewrite on the most recent uh, iteration. Please tell the listeners about your procurement experience. So I have uh, 10 plus years in public sector. As, and as previously mentioned, I am five years, five plus years as deputy director of uh, government support services. And that is my public sector experience. Beyond that, uh, I have another 10 plus years of private sector experience working in uh, electronics, uh, automotive, and uh, consumer uh, appliances. Please tell the listeners about your board governance understanding and experience. I have uh, four years uh, on the NASPO Board of Directors. Um, I've also served as the chair and vice chair of the Eastern Region. I have uh, served on uh, multiple committees, including professional development, uh, annual conference, the practical guide work group, uh, and numerous and numerous others. Uh, I was actually on the interview panel uh, to hire our first NASPO uh, employee, uh, Diane Lancaster, uh, and have been uh, in in the seat at the table uh, throughout the evolution of NASPO, going from no independently employed. Uh, individuals to the team that, that we have now that's that's so dynamic and leading this organization forward. Since NASPO and ValuePoint merged late last year, it's important to hear from our president-elect candidates about their position on ValuePoint and its connection to the larger organization. Please tell the listeners about your NASPO ValuePoint experience, including your vision for the future of ValuePoint. So I was part of the uh, board of directors when the decision was made to otherwise remove um, the barrier and separate that separates the organization NASPO from NASPO ValuePoint. And I remain supportive of 
um, that erasure of that line between the two, although it is important that we uh, have taken and established two independently uh, responsible uh, and governing boards, one for NASPO and one for NASPO Value Point, that, uh, and been an advocate, uh, a vocal advocate for uh, independence in between and ensuring that we do not have co-representation on both the NASPO and the NASPO Value Point uh, boards uh, that they can remain um, uh, uniquely uh, qualified and focused on their task at hand. Uh, I remain committed to that. Uh, and I think that uh, that uh, as far as NASPO Value Point, it should be focused on streamlining uh, some cooperative contracts moving forward to make them easier to come to fruition to otherwise further reduce the uh, the administrative fees associated with them that otherwise continues to fund the organization, um, but also make them more valuable to the larger community as a whole, not just central procurement offices, but uh, agencies throughout throughout the state. In a few words, please tell us about your future vision for the organization. So my future vision of the organization is the continued focus on education, uh, but not only for central procurement, but also for secondary agencies. And I believe that an evolution of what we do uh, from a procurement you and a training perspective is not just uh, is not just the um, how we do procurement, but the methodology of procurement but skills training that reflects the dynamic nature of procurement, uh, from effective speaking to analytical skills to time management and focusing on those topics which are not necessarily being uh, taught at, uh, as we train our classes or we take our folks through the higher education and through our partnerships uh, with our higher education partners. So that's that's a focus of uh, what I'd like to continue to see, and I want to see that um, NASPO and NASPO Value Point continue to become a central resource, uh, not only for central procurement offices, but also for state agencies as a whole, that we become the standard bearer of public procurement. Peter Krolik, thank you so much for joining me. Kevin, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Big thank you to Bob and Peter for speaking with us today. Be sure to listen to the second episode in this special series where we talk to the other two 2021 NASPA Board of Director President-elect candidates, Jamie Shore from Maine and Delbert Singleton from South Carolina. If you have any questions about the NASPA Board of Directors elections, please contact Olivia Fry, NASPO Director of Membership and Partnership, ofry at naspo.org.